0: Okay, here we are with episode 47 of At The Face. This episode we're talking with England women's assistant coach Katie Coy. But before we get into that, something happened in December to Hitchens' wavy Davy Leach, which shook the lacrosse community. Whilst playing box, Wavy suffered a life-changing injury. Now, we all love lacrosse, but sometimes the realities of playing a full contact sport are brought to light in a horrific fashion, and this is most certainly one of those occasions. People always say how if you play lacrosse, you're a part of one big family, and I feel this is more true now than ever before. You can all help bring a little positivity to a bad situation. If you haven't already, please go and follow Wavy's Recovery Journey on Instagram and Facebook. This is where all the info and updates are being shared. And secondly, follow the link in the show's bio to Wavy's GoFundMe page and donate as much as you can to help offset some of the financial costs he and his family are incurring whilst he gets himself on the mend. Go take a look now. Uh, and if you're in a position to, please donate. Let's help cover some of the finances, so way we can focus on getting on the mend. Right, here we go. Episode 47, England assistant coach, Katie Coy. All right, cool. Katie Coy, tell us about your lacrosse journey so far.
1: So all the way back to childhood, huh?
0: It's far back. back where start. Where did you start playing lacrosse?
1: So I started playing in Bel Air, Maryland, um, at 12 years old, and my family is a lacrosse family. So my dad started a lacrosse club in the area called Northeast Maryland Select, um, oh, wow. which its like main goal was to get girls to be able to get scholarships to play um, in university in the United States. And so every summer we would be, you know, going around to different lacrosse tournaments and traveling around and. I have two older sisters who played, one at Lynchburg uh, University and one at U- University of Connecticut, and a younger brother who unfortunately didn't really play. He ended he was very good at basketball and running. I think he decided to make his mark elsewhere <laughs> in the sports world. Um, but from this like childhood of Lacrosse's life, I then was recruited to play at um, Loyola University, mm-hmm. uh, played attack, and then from there, saw a flyer in our locker room saying, why don't you go and coach in England, you know, go travel the world. My coach uh, had done it as well. So she suggested it to us, found myself in the SEO program, came over here and I've been coaching over in the UK ever since, <laughs> excuse me, at everywhere, anywhere people will let me coach. I try and coach. <laughs> so
0: Amazing. Awesome. What made you want to come over? Obviously, other than the recommendation and going to England.
1: I had gotten broken up with.
0: That'll do it. <laughs> That'll do it.
1: Bye, boy. And so I've got a new haircut. I got my hair cut off short, and I was like, "I'm going to England. See you later." Love it. It, it worked a bit. He did. He did come crawling back a little bit. <laughs> I think just to go see a Premier League football match. Because then we broke up after that happened. <laughs>
0: that's awesome all right i like that i like that so then you just you've just stuck around right you've been here ever since yeah
1: oh yeah it was the only person who called it was my mom she was like you're gonna meet someone and never come back and i'm like no way no way but of course i met someone <laughs> and decided to stay um and it was 2008 as well so there was no jobs the economy had gone down yeah it was Everyone bad yeah like, they were like, if you have a job, you hold a job, <laughs> like, don't leave now. And so, sort of the mixture of two, meeting my husband, and then no other jobs. I don't know which was the stronger pull.
0: <laughs> Amazing. All right, cool. So SEO LDO program. How long? How many years did you do that for?
1: Uh. Am I still doing it? I don't know if I ever like officially. Yeah, I stopped. guess that was a,
0: that's a funny question. You're still in the school system. So like, where were you yeah. taken on at a point by a school permanently, or was it just like program every year?
1: So it was, I would say when they stopped the program probably was when I was finished. So I was a true SEO for three years at Kate Trim school. Yep. And then I became a PE teacher and I went to St. Paul's girls school and then Kate from took me back. So I would say when I went back to Kate from about year five, um, I then was employed by them as a full-time, uh, PE teacher. And now I've moved over to Guilford high. Um, great.
0: All right, Katie, tell us who is your favorite person in the game?
1: Okay. I didn't, I considered this for a while and it turns out that I like, um, a type of person let's say not a specific one and it's the vibe bringer so it's the person the team dj so that's the person that's like making the jokes during warm-up it's like the person who comes in and is like you know making everyone laugh but like breaking the ice bringing the energy um so the one person that came to mind like on the england squad would be like emily chandler okay and so she's always there making everyone laugh i i have players on my school team right now that like sing frere jaca like as their warm-up <laughs> you know <laughs> slightly different vibe <laughs> but if still, it works like, it works oh yeah it works you know so to me it's just that the the person who brings the vibe who like makes that team special in what it is i'm so, with you i'm with you all about them
0: Awesome. All right. Flip that on its head. Biggest grudge or person or grudge in the game?
1: Uh, It's whoever I'm playing next. Okay. (laughs) Like I am someone, I like will make up stories in my head. I'll try and, you know, tell people, you know, they all slept with someone you wanted to sleep with or, you know, (laughs) whoever were, whoever I'm playing that next team. And I find myself, I'm like looking at an under 12 D team and i'm like okay we gotta beat these kids i'm like you do not need to think that way katie (laughs) we've
0: got to smash them
1: (laughs) and and i know i know it's unreasonable but it's like the american competitiveness in me that i'm like nope they need to learn how to lose like yeah they don't they just need to have fun
0: (laughs) yeah i had a we had a, a tom on the episode and he was like no it's 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 a bad thing, grudges. Uh, I, I can seriously get behind a good grudge. And I think fabricating your own grudges makes it just so much easier. Do you know what I mean? You can oh, yeah. you can make up what you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, people are like, I, I like your team. You guys are nice. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> like...
0: All right, cool. So anybody you're playing, basically, that competitive yeah. spirit comes out and, and gets used.
1: Sweet. Yeah, I'm a dark-souled person.
0: <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm... I'm all for that. That's literally how I play competitively because if it's not, I'm like, I don't care if we win. I'm not bothered, Like, there's got to be some kind of gradual rivalry there for me to um, get fired up for it. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Sweet. What would you change about the game? If you could. Uh,
1: uh, first the fields. Okay. So I think it's sort of wild that I can show up at a different pitch on a different day. And the, entire shape of it can be different or I can be on a you know a field that's on a half a hill we're at home internationals and one of the corners of the pitch was like quite a like a steep like incline to it so our players are running up the side of it to gain speed to then drive from the crease like I don't know (laughs) I mean that's tactically
0: Um, amazing but
1: Oh, I know. It was Ella Cohen. She was absolutely killing it <laughs> with that move. Like, but Like
0: a pinball almost.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she would she was picking up speed and made her move around the defender. It worked every time. But like, how are we playing on fields of that standard? And then, I mean, we'll go to a school match and you have, you know, restraining lines that are up on the circle or, you know, there's yeah. a a time when we got to get the lines right, everyone. And then uh, I think people say this quite often on your show. It's uh, the umpiring. So if we can get more umpires so that it's not just, you know, the a school coach having to coach an umpire yeah. at the same time, then that would be ideal so that I can go out and just coach and I can think about, you know, before you can even think about tactics and, you know, strategic substitutions, I'm umpiring on a field trying to make sure kids not you know, injured or
0: upset and yeah, well
1: trying it, to keep a game going.
0: and Even though it's the priority, it's not the priority at the same time. It's not why you're there, is it? Like you're there to coach and, and make them better yeah. actually to get the game played. You need an umpire to, to step in. Um, oh, yeah. All right. So with the fields, you're, you're not you're not saying like the, obviously there's a, a maximum and a minimum of field markings, but you're just saying where they keep putting fields for, for half the yeah. competition needs to change, right? Oh,
1: yeah. It's, it's dodging around the cricket you know square in the middle that <laughs> you're like but that's some perfect grass right there they're like don't look at it don't yeah. look at it that <laughs> that's for cricket
0: that's covered uh at least seven eighths of the year
1: yeah <laughs> and there's 18 lacrosse balls in there are not for you you can't get them no, no way. they're gone
0: all right so it was one of the listeners questions but we'll we'll get on to it now um how do we change that with the umpiring because it's a consistent issue throughout the game men's women's all levels as far as i can tell
1: what i how we failed success because obviously it's something that annoys me so as much as i can um i just try and get anyone who's tied to our teams at all
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i beg and plead to get them involved and get them to umpire so right now you know i'm able to get some of our sixth form students to help umpire with our matches um you know we have a really supportive department who are happy to mentor and, you know, teach these umpires and the the students themselves are happy to, you know, go through their level one and you make some money on the weekends. Um, I've had lots of success with parents and I, I'd love to see more of that, you know, just parents being willing to go and umpire their kids matches or schools being willing to let the parents umpire. Um, We had a great headmaster at Kate school who you know, stepped up and did lots of umpiring for us because his daughter was on one of the teams, and it, you know, another one, um, another one whose daughter is now the head of lacrosse at Catram. She, her dad, always stepped up and did some umpiring for us too. And just people feeling welcomed into yeah. those positions will help yeah. so much more. So sometimes I think we close it off and go, "I'm the coach. I'm the, I run the team," and we don't even look to maybe those that might be interested on the, you know, on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the shoe's on the other foot as well. If someone said to me, were you umpire? Um, I'd be like, no. And I kind of know the rules. I've actually sat an umpiring course. I kind of know the rules, but I'm not confident with it. So I think most people, whether they play or not, they're going to be like, no, that's not for me. Like, that's, that. it's not, uh, what am I trying to say? It's not like, oh yeah, that sounds fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, there is like a voluntary yeah. role. I mean, it is fun. Once you get into umpiring and reffing, it's great fun, but... I can imagine that initial hurdle of a parent or a teacher that doesn't play just being like yeah i'll do it i'll give it a go um that's that's not going to happen that much
1: unfortunately (laughs) i was gonna say it's a very like tough position isn't it yeah (laughs) to step into and be like i might make some people unhappy today let's go do that
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's cool that you got the, the, so I'm taking it when you say the, 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 the players do it, they, they umpire other teams. They're not like stepping out of the game to umpire. They're umpiring other years and and stuff.
1: No, no. Yeah. They umpire the younger age groups. So, you know, the the ones that take the, you know, the school coach with us. So instead of them just sitting around for two extra rounds and having a chat, they're like, Oh, could we make some extra money? And so they umpire the younger age groups and they, you know make some extra cash
0: while they're there that's amazing that's 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 the answer i mean at school level isn't it that's the answer getting them to do it um and, it's, and they're good it's kind of putting i don't know it's like morals on your project on your program as well isn't it like no you do help out you do assist you're kind of perpetuating that that need for people to step up and volunteer instead of just playing and, and sitting there like you said yeah yeah
1: no it's good it's worked so amazing.
0: Fun. Okay, who do you want the listeners of the show to go and follow on social media? This doesn't have to be lacrosse related.
1: I mean, I only look at two things on social media and it's lacrosse stuff and um, drag queens. So...
0: (laughs) All right, right, part of of the lacrosse, talk to me about drag queens.
1: (laughs) So, no, so Team England lacrosse, obviously. I think uh, some of the stuff they've been putting up recently has absolutely cracked me up. So when they did the uh, video of the before the run test and after the run test, um, I thought, which whoever came up with that behind the scenes, that was that uh, made me laugh out loud. Um, And then the other one is definitely a bit sadder, but it's uh, the Wavy Davy Lacks recovery. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: For David Leach, you know, when we talk about like vibe, the vibe bringer earlier
0: he's who i thought of when you said it actually (laughs)
1: like that guy he he probably has no idea who i am (laughs) but when i first came over as an SEO, like i remember seeing him at blues fest like riding on cars and i'm like what what where am i and like so to me lacrosse in england is always a little bit like crazy (laughs) Like partying, a guy on top of a car riding around this like lacrosse tournament. What? Yeah. Uh, and Lacrosse had always been so serious for me. And so to see like how it had this joy. So he was almost the vibe bringer of lacrosse club lacrosse in England, at least. Yeah. But, you. So anyone who wants to go to that and support him for sure.
0: Absolutely. I remember the first time I met him, it was also, well, I didn't meet him, but bumped into him really. I was, it was also at Blues Fest. I was talking to a friend who was friends with him and I thought the guy was like high as a kite. And he was just was like, no, no, he's like this all the time. Like, this is him. And he was <laughs> he was a ball of energy that could not contain himself, if you know what I mean. Um, oh, yeah. He's he's And since I've played him a couple of times, um, well, yeah, played against him a couple of times. Um, and he's a great guy, really, really nice guy to talk to, but he is an absolute firecracker. Um, but, yeah, yeah definitely the the, head over to that. Yeah, he's he's a vibe himself. He The, the guy is a vibe. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, definitely head over to um, the social media handles there. The GoFundMe going really well. Um, I've been watching that for a couple of weeks, growing, growing, growing. That would be awesome to keep that going for sure. Um, definitely. Awesome. Okay, we kind of touched on this in the... First question that we may or may not have recorded, we're not sure yet. Um, but luckily for us, a number of LDO's SEOs uh, stuck around after their duties in the UK had finished. Um, was this the plan for you uh, from the get-go or did you intend on heading back home? Like, Tell us a little bit about the, after the LDO SEO um, duties, if you will.
1: Oh yeah. So I, I studied um, communications, public relations and advertising. In oh, university. Wow. Yeah. So the plan never was to come and coach lacrosse, let alone coach lacrosse in England. Yep. Um, but I do remember in my first year coaching um, at Catrum, I'm like looking around, I'm like, this could be my job. Like, and I looked, I worked with a woman at the time, Nat Lomass, and she's like doing the job. I'm like, we can do this as a job. Like, people do this. She's like, yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: And get this paid? could be your life.
1: Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I was getting paid like 600 pounds a month. I'm like, I'm rich. <laughs> like, like, we're sitting there. I'm like, I can't like believe it. I'm, I'm being paid so much to coach and I can travel the world. It's so... The gateway yeah. to Europe. Uh, oh, you know, I I went home so smug. I think I faked a British accent for like two years. <laughs> but now I, I just couldn't believe. Yeah. And every now and then I I sit and I'm like, I can't believe I get to do this as a job. Like I'm coaching lacrosse. I get to sit and talk about how much I like it. And every year I have kids that want to listen to me and I get to go and coach. And now I'll pinch myself and be like, did I just coach the England team? And like right now I'm wearing an England shirt. I'm like, am I wearing an England shirt? (laughs) Like, how did this happen? You know, it's just a game where I throw a ball in a, in a vet, (laughs) How, so how was this? it a,
0: was it a quick realization or did did you kind of take a bit of time and be like yeah okay i can't remember what your degrees in Adver- advertising and or you know like public go on yeah yeah <laughs> go on over oh, again
1: com- oh it's a it's a true uh athlete major right there communications public relations and advertising and i was told to take it because it was the easiest way to balance my lacrosse with my uh studies <laughs>
0: That makes sense. It sounds like a hoop, oh, yeah. Um, for sure. So yeah, was it like a, a quick, yeah, I could do this. I want to do this. That sounds great. Or did you kind of have to, because it's, it's completely different, obviously. Um, or did it take a bit of time for you to kind of adjust to the idea that this is, yeah, that's going to be, this is going to be your job.
1: Well, you know, any good mom, year three, my mom was like, you either need to make this real, you know, like, you know, make this your career path, follow along, do it. She's like, or you need to move back home. And so that's when I decided to go and move on from just being an SEO lacrosse coach um, and go and get a PE teaching job. And so that's where the step happened.
0: And well done, mom, for giving you that three-year push that they all try and give us all the time. Uh, You know her, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She was the one who told me when I was younger, lacrosse won't get you anywhere. You better focus on those studies. It's my favorite line to go back (laughs) and go, do you think you're wrong at any point about this?
0: Hey, mom, guess what like, I did on a Saturday morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I told her about this. She's like, you're not on a po- podcast for lacrosse. She's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's like, was I wrong or what? <laughs>
0: oh, bless her. Bless her. Uh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, this is a very vague question, um, but you've you've played at a very decent college, um, to say the least. You then kind of hung your boots up and, and focused on the coaching side of things a bit more and, and with your work and that. As vague as this question is, what's the future got in store acrosswise for you?
1: So having started at uh, a new school, I, I really like to zone in and focus on a project. So right now I'm just trying to get to know my new players as well as I can um, figure out my people in my department right now, just keep on going, you know, trust the process, Katie, trust the process. So I'm figuring out what the process is that are, School, um, just getting excited about what I'm doing on my day-to-day job. Uh Um, And then, you know, looking to continue with the senior, the under-23 teams, uh, hopefully. But again, that's all. It's a bit of a development year. And so we'll see where things land. I know they're doing interviews right now for all the various positions. So that's why I sound a little bit vague. Do you guys have to reapply? Yeah, yeah. So at the start of this cycle... Right. Um. So they put everything out for a head coach, and so now that Mike's gotten his job, he'll interview with a board of um, other people as well. Yep. But and so England Lacrosse will interview under twenty three head coach, and then the under twenty head coach, and then from there they'll select their um, like staff below them. So if we'll be placed, you know, you'll just see how they, if they open it up to everyone, if it's more like they invite people in that system, I don't know um, what will happen at this point.
0: So this happens every four years, right? So you, you and a a coaching team work with, with a squad, work for four years towards uh, the world champs. And then they start again with all the application process and everything.
1: Yeah. So I I guess. I did not know that. Yeah. Phil had it for, was it nine years because of COVID? So he, yeah had four years and then he, they reapply um, after their first bronze. And then, you know, some people, the time commitment, you know, whatever happens so some people decide to apply again, some people decide to step yeah. out step back. He'll have to look and see what support staff. So are we going to have the same physios? Are we going to have the same strength and conditioning, same sports psychologist? Um, and so they sort of rebuild them every four years.
0: Yeah. That actually, now I'm thinking about that actually makes a lot of sense. Like you've, you've got your goals, haven't you? And if you've achieved your goals and you've achieved everything that you want to, um, sometimes it's about a bit harder to create new ones and do another, like four years is a long time. It's a long Mm -hmm. time to give up, um, what you're doing. You know, I can imagine it's, it's quite exhausting to say the least. So that actually makes a lot of sense. I was a bit confused by that at the start. I thought it was like football, you know, you're in and then if you do something really bad, you're out. Um, (laughs) but no, that makes a lot more sense now that you said that. Yeah, Yeah, Um, Awesome. All right, cool. So, uh, you, you said you moved here in 2008 and didn't really play too much. You said you'd done a, a, a couple of games here and there. Uh, was there a particular reason for this that you decided to hang up your boots, so to speak? Um, and the reason I ask that is I've heard it a number of times from SCOs, like uh, the, the, the female players that have come over from the States. I never heard it from any of the guys. The guys were like, I want to play Monday to Sunday and then twice on wednesday Uh, but i have heard a lot of the the female seos and ldo's that come over um say that um so is there any reason
1: yeah but i was i'm burned out (laughs) i was burned out of playing so you know from 14 i was i played on what four different teams throughout the year my high school team my club team an indoor team uh off-season ball ball team and then you know do it, it any day I took off it, you know the sayings always if you're not working your opponent is so every day I'm doing wall ball <laughs> training with the you know training with the trainer and that's just to get me recruited and again my parents weren't like pushy parents it was just you know if this is what you're gonna do like you're this is how you can get recruited this is just the reality of, of what so they were definitely supportive it was like a self motivation let's say like i wanted to do this yeah um and then you play in university and again that's three hours every day that you're training and so (laughs) and that's all you're long for four years again if you're not training your teammates training so if you don't get that starting position they will so there's always this like even when you do it you're actually doing it you're not doing enough it's making me feel
0: anxious listening to it
1: uh, yeah it's super healthy environment
0: <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean what, what are you doing sleeping like that person's up running at two you know like, oh okay cool I'll get out of bed and crack on with that then
1: oh yeah like that that hustle culture yeah is yeah. well and strong in the NCAA um and then I sort of got here and it was my maybe junior year of university mm-hmm. I just started coaching at that point and I'm like oh okay like I really like coaching and I don't have the, you know, the anxiety (laughs) that I probably do with my playing or (laughs) like, I just really enjoy like making people love lacrosse. Like I, you know, love the sport and this is where my heart is. And so that it, you know, it all felt quite natural to come over here and coach, Um, you know, that when I first came over, I struggled to maybe get to training sessions because I didn't have a car. So I was playing with blues a bit, but it was, you know, I had to ask someone to come and give me a ride. Um, and then if you went to go play somewhere, you had to take a train and, you know, spend the night on someone's floor so that you could then play the next day, which was fun for a while, but you know, it just seemed like quite a lot of effort for my day off. Um, (laughs) and then really I then started, um, go to all the men's games on Saturdays and so I would be a little bit too hung over to play well on Sundays because I got <laughs> very it. much into the the men's social scene was where my my heart also led
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's I think the boys the men's lacrosse players they, they booze better than they play lacrosse in the UK that's for sure
1: oh uh, yeah that's a, I can agree with that
0: <laughs> okay so I, I say well yeah burnout sounds what you just described sounds awful to me but i can imagine to play at that level you've you've really got to be doing it um above the rest like you said so a a change of scenery change of opportunity i guess and it's nice to hear that the love for coaching came through
1: oh yeah yeah for sure and hopefully i've learned a bit about that you know burnout (laughs) to not project it onto anyone else
0: i was gonna say is that something that you you're now quite conscious of um obviously working with the england setup
1: yeah perhaps with and you know that's something I flip back and forth with myself all the time, knowing there is a level of push and a level of you know hustle and commitment that they need to show, yeah, but then how do we balance the burnout and how do you balance like, hey, it's okay to take a rest day, you know, yeah, and that balance is always very hard, um knowing you know your players enough to go. No, no, like you need to stick with this. You need to do it, or like, hey, it's okay to give yourself a day off. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's. Hard. I mean,
0: that comes down to. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that say there is an absolute science to it, and I, I'm, don't know what I'm talking about, which is true, I don't. Uh, but that kind of comes down <laughs> to you really knowing the players and what makes them tick and what kind of headspace they're in and stuff like that. And that's that's you being a really, really, really good coach. Um, and having to manage something like that which isn't easy on any level no matter where you're at
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs) i that's the that's the big struggle coaching you know did i push them too far not to me it's not the tactics it's not beating the other teams it's the care of your players yeah you know am i building them up or am i knocking them down or Do they need building up
0: or do they need knocking down? (laughs) Yeah. You could go round and round all day with it, couldn't you? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Amazing. All right, cool. Um, So your your list of current and past coaching positions is vast. Um, Like, I asked you to just send me a bit of a background, so I had some stuff to go (laughs) off. Um, And you've covered kind of every part of the game, uh, numerous numerous ages, um, different groups, different standards. What have you learn specifically from from coaching so many different areas of the game and having so many different duties
1: the what have i learned the what just popped into my head um is the players are really similar so i am i i always thought be, you know coaching a senior team would be so vastly different to coaching you know some of the school teams i coach but i remember the first um training session i had you know you have the captain of the team laura Berryfield, come over and ask me a question after a drill and it just flashed to me that like i have under 12 doing the same thing you know coming up to me after a drill asking like did i do that right was that okay and you know how could we do that differently and i'm like you know all the the Same characteristics that you like, you know, in players at the junior level, you're going to like, you know, in the senior level. So how perhaps almost how important it is to get that right young, because that senior team is that senior England teams full of every best player like that from every junior team you've ever had Mm -hmm. and their ability all got there eventually. But they all had that like hunger to learn and, you know, that joy in play and hard work. I don't know. So just yeah the similarity between a good player at whatever level is all the same isn't it
0: Yeah Yeah I suppose I mean it, it for me it's like and I haven't really coached it any decent I think England England U is probably as, as high as I've coached um, but for me it's um, like having they they've got the desire to be better and it's like you as their coach trying to help them facilitate that I think the, the for, It changes massively when you're dealing with people who aren't, uh, who are new to lacrosse. I think that's the biggest kicker for me. You know what I mean? Like, if you're dealing with whatever age group, whatever ability, if they're into lacrosse and they're loving it and they want to get better, you can kind of, you can almost treat them in the same way, um, just tailoring what you're giving them. But it's when you get a group of people that aren't interested, or even like a really high end athlete who's losing interest in the sport or something like that. I think when you throw in curveballs like that, that's when it becomes. Tricky. That's when you, you've kind of got to uh, approach that individual from a different angle or that group from a different angle. Um, oh yeah. All right. So tell us a little bit about the your England role. Um, you you wrote a few lines down about it for me. I, I said I loved hearing that you've got like scouting duties um, because for me it means like our our sports coming that bit more professional. Um, so tell us about the duties that you had uh, at the last World Champs. Uh, what they involved. Um, and kind of how you got in, well, got into the role for one, but why those, um, like the scouting, the stats and stuff like that, why, why were, why were you given those tasks to, to deal with?
1: Yeah. Well, uh, these are just roles that, you know, need to get done. And so Phil sits us down before, um, the world championships and, Is just, you know, these are, these are jobs we need to do. So you have, um, the way he, he organized his bench. He likes to have an attack coordinator, um, a defensive coordinator. He had someone who ran the substitutions. You have to have a physio. Um, the team really enjoys having our strength conditioning coach, um, on the bench. And then we had Laura, our manager and who also took in-game stats as well. And with her umpiring knowledge um Mm -hmm. and so then he also had these other roles that are almost around match time that needed to happen so a lot of the um scouting and statistics and film that i did would be done you know just before or after a match
0: so have you got is it are they areas that you're kind of passionate about or
1: yeah (laughs) i i came to it's all things that i had done at points um I'm my husband's a accountant and auditor. And so, I mean, we talk about stats all the time.
0: (laughs) Numbers, numbers, Um, numbers.
1: There we had, um, Jana Kaufman, who is a, our data analysis and over COVID she taught me a lot about watching film and breaking down film. Um, I mean, she showed me a 15 second clip and we ended up looking at it for 30 minutes and she was like, okay, you know, what do you see here? What could we improve here? And just, the detail in which he was able to teach me how to like improve players by just watching film was, was awesome. Um, I, I am a bit of a lacrosse nerd. So I guess that's why I paused that first. I'm like, what? who wouldn't be interested in this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) That's why you caught me off guard. (laughs) Like this is lacrosse. This is like, I can sit and do this side of lacrosse, not outside on the field. Like this is awesome. Um, so the, yeah, I mean, I'm also a little bit of a stalker. So the scouting, really, I, I really, really loved um, getting into the scouting <laughs> because. So the, what do you I have to do? Guess,
0: do you literally go and just watch another team and, and figure out their strengths and weaknesses and <laughs> like, tell us about you it. You
1: would think, you would think um, it started, <laughs> it started with my ability to find people on Instagram really well. Um, and it, <laughs> You know, at one point I found myself waking up um, to watch Australian matches, club matches, you know, so I wake up at four in the morning because they were only doing a live stream of this like national tournament that some of their players were playing. And so I made sure I woke up to watch that.
0: I love the dedication. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: Oh yeah. That's the crazy woman energy I got. Like, (laughs) like, why Ken couldn't get away from me after I decided I wanted to date him. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I, I guess to get into the scouting, Phil asked us to look into our opposition Yep. Um, before the world championship. And so we would. I was looking at um, player tendencies and particularly from Australia. So we had film um, from USA and Canada playing. And so we had an, a current film from USA and Canada playing. So we knew a bit of what to expect. We know a bit more about their players. They play in the NCAA, were able to find their film and uh, know them as players a bit more. But Australia was a bit more um, hard to come by because COVID had kept their team apart for so much of it. Um, And so, yeah, I would just go and watch as much club, as much NCAA as possible of them. So looking at, yeah, player tendencies, what hand are they? What type of dodge do they like? They have a really specific player, Theo Kwas, who's she has a really predictable dodge, but it's super effective, yeah. you know, but if we're able to show our defenders that it's coming, then they'll be ready. And we'll be able to set a slide faster, you know, just different. Ed- so yeah, I guess getting in and out of that side of it was super fun. Um, and then obviously once we're there at the tournament, you sort of flip over what you're doing a bit more and it's not as much looking at individual players as going and watching teams live and getting a feel for their um, team trends. Uh, Mike Molster is really good at that. He was, he's so quick <laughs> at being able to see you know, trends of teams um, just live in the moment. And then we were given film by the tournament organizers as well, so then we could go back again and watch and go, okay, is that what we think? That they're doing you're like yep definitely they're running like a one-four-one. we yep. can work we can defend that or their defense is going to pressure us out behind so we need to make sure the people in the crease know we need to move quickly uh yeah it, it was i and i ended up really embracing the role and liking it in that i liked being able to inform the positional coaches like you know this is what i think is going to happen what do you guys want to do about it and we would sit and have uh discussions you know and make plans about how best we're going to try and stop Canada's draw you know
0: yeah I'm with you that's well it, I mean you've just covered so much there as well like for a, <laughs> a, a, a something that I mean I know it's always been done in in the states and stuff like that but I, I, I'm going to have a guess and say that scouting and things like that have been missed off of um, coaching criteria I, you know I think it's, it's more of a new thing I could be wrong there but yeah the the fact that there's an emphasis on it now um, but just look at all the things that you've just listed off that you now know that that <laughs> possibly didn't know before it sounds so important um so what do you humor me here this might be a, well, it could be a dumb question and um, when you know that so-and-so is going to be going right-handed she's got a really strong right-handed dodge and always shoots bottom left corner what do you do with that information and what i mean by that is if do you go and do you just have a a debrief uh, sorry a a briefing before the game and you just say every player's tendencies or do you actually like highlight the person that's likely to mark them and tell them what you like what do you do there must be so much info that you obtain what do you do with it all with the individual players
1: the so i guess one of my roles was to collect all that information and then i sort of present that to the other coaches and we go okay what is what do we need to tell the team and often the answer is just don't worry about it (laughs) or like play our way or it's it's good for a coach to know you know in case they need to change up a play but you don't want to overwhelm players with unnecessary information or else they'll completely stop playing the way we need to so often it often it's just play our way and it's good for us as coaches to know, but the, you know, you don't need to tell them like I had a, you know, a huge Excel spreadsheet. Is there any reason that I need, you know, that the players need to know like what the specific sub is going to do if she happens to get in the ride, like that's over information. We would do, we would call them impact players. Um, and so there might be three or four impact players that we thought would be quite important for the team to know about. Yep. So you know whether it's their leading attacker or their person who might be feeding a lot, the coaches then would decide. Okay, are they going to mark them up? Are we going to change anything we're playing, or is it just to be make them aware? Um, yeah. Often it helps. If, if an impact player was a defender, um, we would either look for a defender that was likely to be their best defender, and, and so we can let our attacker. That would be marked up against them No, this is how you would beat their best defender or Mm -hmm. we were looking for their weakest defender so you know if you're on this player take her to goal you know and often in these situations you don't want it to be your number one against their number one you want your number three to take out their number three yeah you know yeah and that's how you're going to win the game if you can get that third best attacker to beat their third best defender you're scoring goals there awesome yeah
0: all right so um like i said i've got absolutely loads of listeners questions for you um, oh, no. <laughs> inundated today with listeners questions um i've, I've got uh, over a whole page uh, and i'm actually gonna do as many as i can time dependent so we'll um we'll go with it right katie who some of these are loaded you'll you'll gather uh who's your favorite goalie to warm up
1: emily chandler she sent that in obviously yes she did and it's because we just sit and talk am i the right coach to warm her up no
0: (laughs) (laughs) verbal warm-up um all right cool what's the this is a good one what's the one thing that you would encourage all coaches to go and do
1: oh all coaches should go and try an activity that they are not good at themselves to know how it feels to learn something new for the first time i did um adult gymnastics and learned how to do a forward roll because I never learned how to do that as like a 35 year old woman and all I wanted to do was learn that forward roll but the I forgot how it felt to be a little bit embarrassed and shy about trying something new and just like not physically being able to do it and it really made me step back and make sure I was a lot more patient um teaching beginners and just you know continuing to give them praise and support and so yeah go and try something completely out of your comfort zone if you've been coaching for a while to sort of bring you back down
0: that is great advice and specifically i think people should go and do adult gymnastics that sounds awesome
1: (laughs) for sure learn that forward roll.
0: all right cool uh what's your favorite thing about lacrosse uh
1: stick tricks and the equipment
0: you like stick tricks
1: yeah that's all really oh my gosh yeah I think they're the coolest I get like properly buzzed when people like show me a stick trick I haven't seen before and if there's anything that we can do if they're like oh it's you know it's an indoor session today because the fields are frozen I'm like okay stick tricks like (laughs) I love them
0: that's um, all right (laughs) I'm gonna ask what stick tricks can you do is there any like really hard ones that you know how to do or
1: I I'll, I can, no, but I can do a, like, I throw it behind my back, I catch it on one side, I throw a rainbow over my head, I throw it between my legs. It's basically impressive to, like, 12-year-old kids, um, but every time they watch me do it, they're like, I can't believe you could, I feel like a magician. And I still, I'm like, I basically, I bought a brand new lacrosse stick that allows me to just do really good stick tricks, <laughs> I can't throw with it. Steve uh, McDermott put it together for me. I still can't throw with it, but I can shoot sort of hard with it and <laughs> I can do some really cool stick tricks. That's about it.
0: Which is the main thing.
1: Obviously. And for it's sure. tie-dyed, so that, that helps.
0: That's awesome. I haven't done a stick trick since I was about 22, but maybe, yeah, might have Come to. Come on. Yeah, Find I might have to give some a go now Now that you said that. All right, cool, stick tricks. What was the other one? I can't remember.
1: Oh, the equipment.
0: What, what As in you like buying it or
1: no i just think it's cool we get to dye it you know
0: all right i think
1: lacrosse equipment looks cool but you can personalize it
0: yep yeah yeah yeah. i mean i I played
1: like i played basketball and field hockey you couldn't really like when i was like i can get a lacrosse stick with a rainbow on it i'm in like (laughs) before that i had like you know a boring hockey stick that wasn't it
0: (laughs) cool all right stick tricks and the equipment i like that they're two great answers um this one's a great one what's what are you most proud of doing with the england team
1: oh geez uh i think most obviously proud of like our performance getting a bronze medal i think i am proud of like the commitment if that makes sense the commitment of players like everyone's commitment to the goal you know being part of a And creating a culture where, you know, people show up and try and bring the best versions of themselves Mm -hmm. to training, whether it's like physically as players or, you know, coaches mentally, you know, being prepared and putting things together and being passionate about what we do. I guess that makes, yeah, I'm proud of, I'm proud of that.
0: This one's great. What's the strangest thing you've had to do as a lacrosse coach? I don't know whether that's loaded or not, but there's either a story here or there's not. (laughs)
1: The, I don't know. The one that's come into my head is um I had to get um a player's skirt um fit to her, let's say. And so, like, the skirt was too baggy at the World Championship. Big and Whittle, her skirt was too baggy. Yeah. And so I somehow found out my mom's neighbor was a seamstress. And so we had my mom drive down to Towson, pick up the skirt, go and get it, like... Fixed by the seamstress, who then brought it back. And I think in the end it didn't fit her anyways. And Laura, Owen the manager is like, "Yeah, I can. I could have done this all myself," <laughs> and she ended up fixing <laughs> it for her. But I didn't think sewing was going to be something that Love I did. It. Obviously, Laura, the epic manager, she is. She was like, "Yes, this is a common thing," <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know.
0: That's all. That's pretty strange as well. To be fair, seamstress, yeah, pretty scout, weird. statistician.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> All of it, all the
0: best S's. <laughs> Stick tricks. Your stick tricks. <laughs> uh, no, no, stick equipment. No, no, I'll stop there. Okay. This one's a good one. What do the England. Oh, actually, it's, it's two questions. What do England as a, a lacrosse playing country and England as a lacrosse playing team do really well?
1: The As a country, um, yeah. it has to be keeping people playing into adulthood. You know, like in the U.S., we, I never saw a future for me playing lacrosse past 21. So when you're done university, you're done playing. Um, That my husband now has picked lacrosse back up after taking a break. He's, what, 37? And he's now playing again um, after starting in university, you know, playing in his early 20s. I think that's pretty cool and that's something that's not done I don't see that happening in the US that you know and he's goes yep. to training on a Tuesday night and he gets to play with the team and he's you know having that camaraderie and finding that joy again I think that that's pretty cool that there's a system like that in England and that he was you know just welcomed right back in the teams like sure yeah come on come in. you know if you want to play somewhere people are going to find can, a, yeah. a place for you and that's pretty cool
0: yeah i mean the game what was the
1: second one uh
0: the england national team
1: keeping passionate exciting people involved you know you can't show up at a training weekend and not because we spend most of our time training don't we yeah yeah (laughs) and a lot of it's a lot of it's on their own and so everyone is just so buzzed to be around each other when they are at a training weekend that you know the players keeping that culture going. And it seems like it's, it's not just like a a one-off thing. Like they show up like this for years, you know, at, at yeah. all different age groups. Like it feels so special when you show up from, you know, even the Under 19 National Academy, all of them, everyone shows up ready to play, excited, you know, it's a really nice
0: place to be. Um, well, I can't ask all these. I've, I've barely got halfway <laughs> through the list. So I'm going to pick a couple more, then we're going to get back to a few more questions. <laughs> Uh, this one's a great one Uh, which three players that you've played with would you have on your coaching staff and it can't be anyone that you currently coach with
1: oh geez
0: that's a hard question to be (laughs) fair uh
1: uh on my coaching this is uh actually easy in a way because i played with the head coach of east carolina so amanda barnes okay (laughs) so she's currently the head coach of a ncaa division one program so i'd take her
0: we're starting Uh, starting strong let's see where it goes starting
1: strong (laughs) um (laughs) who else would i take um jenny simpson
0: yeah great choice i'll count her for blues
1: she's (laughs) another division one coach i mean this this coaching staff's looking pretty strong right now yeah
0: yeah um gonna win a few games so far (laughs)
1: Who else do we have?
0: Surely you need like a hype, to... a hype person that the person who brings oh, the vibe. Like you said, come on. Is that I'm you? That's that's yeah, your I'm role. Not
1: the, I won't be. I'm not the lacrosse knowledge in this group. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, you coach. I'm,
0: I'm doing yeah. Farah Jacques over here.
1: 100. <laughs> I'm the harmonizer in the background, <laughs> trying to fix people's skirts while there's two. Are co- yeah. So Amanda's a goalie, a defense coach. You got Jenny, the attack coach. We're gonna put, oh gosh, and I, I gotta say, we'll put Laura Merrifield because I work with her right now in and, and she'll be the draw specialist midfield coach.
0: Perfect. And uh,
1: then again, I'm hype girl in the back, carrying the water because the w- they w- are w- set.
0: <laughs> They've got this covered.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's delegation. You've, you've sorted it. winning, winning lineup, sorting out the hype stuff. that's awesome. My strength delegation <laughs> all right cool uh, i'm gonna pick two more actually no one i am gonna say this one it's not a question uh and they'd like to stand on us they said not a question but katie has been the most inspiring motivational coach for me so there you go oh. there's a bit more hype for mom me. come on mom <laughs> she it, needs mom. to start making those fake accounts <laughs> Yeah, zero followers, one post. Um, okay, I've got two more Thanks questions. For that. What's the the hardest thing you've ever had to do for lacrosse? I don't know whether they mean like hard for you or Yeah, they must do. Yeah, the hardest thing you've ever had to do for lacrosse.
1: The hardest thing for lacrosse has has to have been the time commitment of this world championship going or the build up to the world championship. Just part of my family, you know. Yeah. I have two two young girls um, and my husband who it was so supportive through this time, but like it it was hard. Like we don't, both of us are come from the, our family all lives in the States and we don't have a lot of support to help us out over here. Oh, you're making me want to tear up a little bit. That is hard. Um, And so just, yeah, asking him to give up. It's not just my dream of my time. It's him also giving up. Everything and my, you know, looking after the kids all weekend long and doing it by himself, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is that was hard. Well, fair play to Ken as well. What a legend!
0: I love that guy. When I we ever play, I just sit there or oh, stand there talking to him. <laughs> There's not a lot okay. of lacrosse, not a lot of lacrosse going on. I if you can believe it, he's like... gotten
1: even more cocky. He's with Guilford well, Gators now. Yeah, probably.
0: Probably, I think they're in our league. I, I yeah. We will cross paths again, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, All right, cool. Last one. If you have sent a question and I haven't asked it, I'm really sorry. There was loads of questions this time. Uh, Last question. Do you think that the number of girls that play lacrosse in schools, um, sorry, with the number of girls that play lacrosse in schools from a young age, that the national teams get the most out of the player pool? Um, On top of that, is there anything that the NGBs and teams and people that, that work with the game could do more to harness the sheer number of players that we have in the game?
1: Oh, gosh. the I think it's tough to depend on the governing bodies to, you know, produce all these players. I'm coming from an environment where... We had club teams, we had parents that just started leagues, you know, like I had four different coaches within a year. Yeah. And so to think like, oh, we need to have a system where we're making sure they all go through counties and, you know, through their regional academies, through their national academies and work their way up. Um, I think if we sometimes, if we start to push the goal being playing in university as well, it will open things up more because if your goal is only at the end of it to look and be on, you know an 18 player squad, most people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. So perhaps as a sport, we need to start, you know, continuing to push how exciting it is at the universities right now, making sure that we get all the universities to have coaches. (laughs) So
0: that would be good.
1: You're not, you're not having (laughs) those university players just having to coach themselves. Like if we just send that next route, like, so for me, a kid, you know, playing in the U S growing up, isn't, just looking at the u.s team as being the ultimate place to go and play we have you know over 80 division one schools to look at and that's not you know division two division three so you have that next step yeah so perhaps instead of thinking of hey we need to you know come up with more opportunities through international representation we look at the universities instead does that answer that yeah definitely
0: no 100 percent. yeah it does i think the question aims at we've got loads of girls playing school lacrosse um d- is that reflected in the standard of the england squad the people that come through for the england squad like is it that that cone shape that you've just kind of described there um and yeah you know your point's ex- extremely valid there's also something else there where the people a lot of people are i call them late bloomers i guess like just because you pick up a it could be any sport it's not lacrosse specific. you pick up a sport at the age of 12 if you're, you know, you're not still not really with it by 14, 15, 16. It doesn't mean that you're not good at the sport. I know loads of people that kind of didn't really get into sport until 18, 19, and they turn into absolute animals. Um, really, really good, really athletic. And, you know, they just didn't, it wasn't their thing when they were a bit younger. I think we put, particularly within the school system, we put a massive onus on, right, play lacrosse. And then by the age of 18, go to university. And you really kind of should be in that England setup by then. Um and it doesn't need to work that way there's loads of yeah late bloomers like i call them there's there's people that kind of find their sport or find where they should be in life well after the age of i don't know what age they're, they're starting to play lacrosse in schools but well after that age you know what i mean it's um it's not always that straightforward
1: yeah i guess that i i i can just imagine it it would be very tough you know so they do have open trials and so you can come and have a go there but if you if you haven't been you, you people aren't wrong <laughs> i think in thinking that because if you you do see people who haven't quite been through the trials who might have been playing well in club yeah. but they either don't have the network or the people who to say this is what you need to have done to be prepared for this you know we need to be perhaps better at telling the wider public what we're looking for from players i think you know within The system, we hopefully, you know, tell the players what we want. So a 23 knows what a senior player should look like. An under 20 player knows what an under 23 player should look like. But yeah, if you're not within that, then perhaps, well, not perhaps, it definitely is hard to be able to step in at that point.
0: Like to break Um, in at a later stage? Yeah. I'm with you. Okay.
1: I was going to say, so whoever, that's not wrong. (laughs) But, you know, so it doesn't need to be fixed. Yeah how it does all I can think of is yeah opening up that a bit more
0: cool cool, cool. right we're gonna get back to I've got two or three more questions for you and then I'll give you the rest of your evening back um so we're gonna talk about returning to sport after having children or um a break from play if you will what's been your experience with this situation um it's something that will undoubtedly affect all of us if it if it hasn't already
1: oh yeah so I took a break, I guess I'm still breaking from play, but we'll talk about my break from uh, coaching. And so after, when I was pregnant with my daughter um, in 2016, I then stopped doing any external coaching. So I only did my coaching with school and I'd been on maternity leave, Um, you know, young mom or young young children, not necessarily young mom, but young children. Um I had my second daughter, so again I hadn't picked up any external coaching. So it'd been about four years um before I really thought, you know, the kids are old enough and I think I can start to do some coaching again. Um but I found it really hard to jump back in. And it was mostly like my own fear of it, if that makes sense. Like and I thought, oh my gosh, four years and you know like you, this... you
0: thought you were going to be out of touch or something?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I came from the culture that if I missed one day, my I was going to lose the national championship.
0: Yeah, that, that now makes <laughs> so... sense. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, four years, man. Do, do they even play with plastic sticks anymore? You know? <laughs> what are we playing with, like metal now? What does or, the like, sport just... look like? <laughs> like? And of course, I you know, I still stayed in touch with it at school. So, but And looking back on myself then, I'm like, why were you you know, so nervous, but I thought, you know, there was no way, like there's no way I can get back into this. Um, and in a almost weird twist of fate, I wrote a book review online. Right. <laughs> this, this is the weird twist of fate. So I wrote a book review online about a, a a guy I know who wrote this baseball book about how he stopped playing. And I wrote a book review uh just saying like, you know, I found your story inspirational. I'd like to get back into lacrosse, but I think I'm past my prime. You know, I, I can't get back in now. Like, older women don't have the opportunity. Da 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 da. Um, and Kate Nelson Lee saw the review and was like, bullshit. <laughs> come and coach. <laughs> like, she's like, come and like, anyone will take you. Come and coach. Come and coach. Like, you're not far behind, you know. You don't lose you know, your coaching skills. Yeah, you might not know the newest attack dodge, but you can pick this back up. And yeah, for me, a just having that one there, isn't there? Yeah, just that one person to have your back and be like, "Stop it! <laughs> Come and coach. You know how to do it." And so, I mean, if if anyone can do that for someone else, you you know, take those little bits of fear and be like, "No, you can go and play. You can do it if you want to." You know. Don't feel like you, you definitely aren't past your prime. You're definitely not out of touch. Like you got to, I got to the place where I was playing and coaching because of my characteristics of like, you know, being a lacrosse nerd and a vibe person. Yeah. So why <laughs> don't I, you don't lose that, you know? Absolutely. Um, I guess it, it was good watching Ken get back to playing and how I, yeah I have to shout out Guilford Gators because I don't know if these guys know but like behind the scenes he's absolutely buzzing and loving it and it's like giving him a new spark back oh that's so um, nice to hear oh my gosh these uh, I don't know if they like it or not but he puts the girls so again I do Saturday fixtures with the school and he sets up a tent for our daughters and he just puts toys and snacks in the tent and he'll go out and play and he tells me it's all fine and everything and no one seems annoyed, but just sitting there and being like, Hey, that this team's cool enough to not, they're just like, okay with that. Like, yeah, Ken can go play. And if he needs to come off quick to check on him, someone switches. And, you know, they're all just like, supportive of him, you know, bringing the kids on the sideline and playing. So Well the nope other anyone's worried about the that. The
0: other option is they don't have another player. And we're, we're at no level in the game where we, turn players down really are we let's face it we're in we're, the men's side in the lower leagues we're definitely we're definitely needing more players playing club lacrosse so yeah it's it is awesome that they've done that but i can kind of i kind of get why they do that um if you know wait, what I mean. are you telling me that they hate it no not at all i think i think they're like bring them along <laughs> that sounds great we can have a tea party as well um but there's another player playing for us now which is which is awesome that's a great idea uh, I never thought of that actually. Like, take the kids, oh, yeah. put them in a tent. That's genius.
1: Uh, they love it. They are absolutely buzzed for it. <laughs> the uh, what else cracks me up? But yeah, that I'm like Ken. Like, you're gonna go meet some other dads. This is gonna be great because we just moved to the area. And right, of course, okay. it's like a lot of younger guys. And I'm like Ken. Why do they want to? Why do they want to like hang out with you? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. I gave him a free TV. <laughs>
0: Every team, like, need, cool, every, every team needs a dad. Yeah,
1: everyone, everyone needs a dad who needs to get rid of some stuff from his house. So, hey, if anyone wants to pick Ken up, we got lots of furniture and glasses we got to get rid of.
0: Students, man. <laughs> the things they'll do. Oh, for sure. Okay, so was the break for you refreshing? Like, I know obviously you feel like you, you got four years behind, but was it refreshing at all? Is it a break that you you needed oh, yeah. or you didn't realize you needed to get away from the sport to get back into the sport?
1: Oh, exactly what I needed. I would have been, I think, yeah, taking that break and knowing that I, I came back like, a, I know so much more lacrosse now than I, than I did before that break, and I probably yep. wouldn't have worked as hard to continue to learn my lacrosse. So I sort of made a promise to myself when I was coaching England that if the players were going to be training an hour and a half a day, you know, doing their fitness. And I was going to try and match that. Um, And so I was, you know, watching film or chatting with players, chatting with people, looking at things up online, you know, just getting all the lacrosse and I could. Um, And it was that, you know, that little chip on my shoulder. That's like, Oh, are you behind? Are you behind? Do you know enough? Do you know enough that, you know, in a healthy way motivated me to, you know, keep on digging, keep on looking, and I think my lacrosse knowledge now, man, after doing a world championship and everything, I'm like I'm even stronger now than before, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely breaks are good, everyone
0: that's awesome though. it's it's good that you've kind of i guess that little bit of nervousness has has made you um feel like you've got a bit a o- bit of an obligation if you will to to better yourself and learn more and and put in your hour and a half like you said. Whereas before, if you'd have just carried on doing the coaching through and you didn't have that break, you probably wouldn't have had that um, that train of thought, I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would have been like, I've been coaching for <laughs> yep.
0: you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, 20
1: years. I know what I'm doing. Yep. Instead, I'm like, oh, I took a break, Lovely you way. know, and saw some fresh things, so it was good.
0: Like you said, break, breaks are good. Breaks are really good. Um, and new people doing new things is, is great as well. If you, although people are somewhat so-and-so stepped away from the game, Yeah, it might be for a short period of time, but whilst they've done that, someone else has stepped in, uh, fulfilled that role and come at it at a new angle and allowed that individual to have the break that they need so we don't all get that burnout. Uh, There's plenty of positives to come from it. So how can we... If you've kind of just touched on it with, with um, Ken's experience and the, the tent and the, the, the kids watching at the side. But how can we assist people coming back to the sport, men, women, whatever it may be, um, and making sure that it's lacrosse they return to? Because if it's for kids, your priorities are obviously massively different to how they were before. People have breaks for numerous reasons. It, it might not be kids, but there's certainly easier sports to go and partake in. Um so how can we make that easier for them? And is is there a way we can kind of make sure that it's lacrosse they go back to and don't go down and do, I don't know, five-a-side football that they're not actually that bothered mm. about, but it's much more convenient?
1: The uh, only times that I've gone back and played have been the super-friendly beginning-of-the-season training sessions. And every and it's uh, it was Blues Lacrosse this past year. And who is it? Faz Claire Farrell. Yep. Put something out that was just like just having a throw around like come on down have a little bit of fun and i was like okay i can i can do that and i think having that like no strings attached like just have a little bit of fun what was it the summer league that hillcroft does yeah yeah do yeah,
0: yeah yeah in some capacity like that, yeah
1: i was gonna say that always caught my attention to be like come down have a throw around you know and that to me
0: it was good fun <laughs>
1: good fun and you know what this is my own laziness um i really think traveling away for fixtures is a killer (laughs) like and so i and i would like to be committed so i wouldn't want to say like i only want to play home fixtures type of thing but yeah just knowing i could go to the same venue each time makes a big difference so that's why that summer league worked you know works or that that idea works so well yeah definitely because you just you know how to get there you don't have to think too hard about it just show up play and you're done. It's the, you know, going and traveling far format. around. Yeah, I I think that's that's the way forward.
0: See, I know I know roughly what the men's games like. Um, I'm not so fay with the women's game. So it's you know, if you if you have a child, if you have two children, is it an attractive sport to be returning to um, in the first place? Before we have tried to you know make it more attractive. I don't know, uh, but we can.
1: No, I mean, what I would do. If I if I was gonna go back and play something right now, take off my England lacrosse jumper right now, like I would probably go and play netball because it could be it's an easier physical sport yep. to play at the beginner level, um, or I was gonna do something really random like ice hockey, but that's just because. <laughs> but that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's basically because I
0: do you know they like play national league in ice hockey. Like we think we got travel bad in lacrosse. Ice hockey is <laughs> like Newcastle's playing. <laughs> devon like i know ridiculous. that's why it doesn't make sense that's no. that's it equipment a though loads of equipment that you can customize yeah
1: it has equipment <laughs> and i lied when i said i only look at lacrosse and drag queen instagram i also look at ice hockey instagram a lot so that's why i'm inspired i've got to ask
0: what's with the drag queen instagram just into oh, it just, or curious uh, or fabulous it's fabulous No,
1: fabulous oh, they are it. the women i wish i could be like they are just so glamorous and then i'm sitting here with my slicked back hair and my <laughs> active wear every day in my heart in my heart i'm a fabulous drag queen but it just my appearance hasn't got there yet
0: <laughs> what's she singing like
1: oh it's good it's good Do you want us to close out the show with me singing to you
0: I've got one more question for you, then we can, yeah, let's do a rendition of uh Farrah Xhaka. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh, right, last question from me. So the England women's team they uh, have now gone two back-to-back bronzes uh, in what were amazing games uh, against the Aussies. We, we seem to be in a good place internationally uh, at the moment. What would you attribute that to? Um, and what are you predicting for the future? We're at the start of a cycle, like you said um so what's the what's the future looking like
1: Ooh, the the future is bright i mean i was looking through the stats today um just sort of in preparation for this and i'm like you know what it was a 9 to 11 loss in the semifinal to canada yeah like and and i think most of those players you would sit there and they would have been like you know the feeling was we could win that game and when you look at like, when you look at the stats um there are definite areas that we can address in the next 4 years we can improve um so like we're within touching distance and it's absolutely wild sometimes to think like the systems that Canada and the USA have behind them and we're you know within touching distance like i i often think we don't back ourselves enough and we're always like oh you know will we ever be able to beat them or, and I think it's like an absolute yes. I think you see us in the playing for a final next time, you know, the young players coming up, they have that hunger because they had the COVID years messing them around. Um, Some of them were, you know, when you think of the veteran players that were there and they had that five year delay, I mean, you also have players that would have been on a senior team sort of caught in the under 23s, and now they're just like bursting, ready, ready to go. Um, you know, Mike taking over, Mike Molster taking over as head coach is a great place. He's super experienced, has coached in lots of big games. Um, you know, I, I, it, it's up. It's up. They're winning that. I'm really excited about what I'm seeing in the universities. Um, I think they are become more professional I forget his surname right now. I always call him Mike from Nottingham. Mikey Armstrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: Mike from Nottingham. That's fine.
1: (laughs) Mike from Nottingham.
0: Lovely bloke.
1: As he's probably known. He's a super duper guy. Yeah. I think that what's going on there is really exciting. I'm always happy to push um, students in that direction. Um, You know, just I can, it's going up, it's going up and up. I think we have a really good reputation in the world as well right now. Um, yeah. Can I say up one more time? Future's bright. Up. Future's bright. Put on your sunglasses, baby.
0: That is it for episode 47. Don't forget to go check out Wavy's recovery page and GoFundMe
1: page. And thanks to Katie for coming on the show.